What's up, what's up, y'all? And we're back. Welcome to Truck and Hustle. Happy Truck and Hustle Tuesday. Um, today we have a dope show for you, as always. We have Miss Tristan Simmons, also known as Lady Logistics, and Miss Samantha Norman Smith, also known as Logistics Chick. Um, and together they make up the leading ladies of logistics. Um, really dope show. Um, as always, we get into both of their backstories, how they got into the industry. Um, you know, they really go deep, you know, share some personal, really personal things um, about themselves. Um, then we kind of move into speaking, you know, on their careers. Um, they both have a lot of years of experience um, individually and combined, of course, um, everything from fleet ownership to, uh, you know, being free agents um, and freight brokerage, of course. So y'all going to learn a lot today, man. They really go into depth, you know, talk about, um, you know, the industry, you know, inside and out. So stay tuned for that. Really enjoyed this conversation. Other than that, shout to the Hustle fam as always. Um, got so much love for y'all, man. Listen, you know, I get I get a lot of, you know, direct messages, um, you know, from a lot of you guys, you know, uh, telling me different things, man. And it's just so crazy, the messages I get. Um, you know, I recently got a message, you know, someone told me uh, <clears throat> that they actually were able to connect with some people. Um, you know, I won't get into specific details, but connect with, you know, different people who have been on the show and they've actually, you know, changed career paths and received opportunities through the show. And uh, man, it's, 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 it's crazy, man. You know, it's, it's just so um, beautiful, you know, the things that can happen when, you know, you lead with value and 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 you um set out to help people. So, you know, I encourage everybody to do the same, you know, type of thing, man. If you if you have a a way where you can help others um or a platform or or something that is on your heart, um do it, man, cuz you never know the changes you can make in um in people's lives, you know? So, I always say, you know, be the change that you want to be um or a change that you want to see rather. Alright, so yeah, man, we're going to move forward, we're going to get the show started, um, you know what it is, put your ears on, and if you smell something burning, it's only your desire, alright, let's go. What's up, y'all, this is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. But you just have to remain consistent and remain positive. Because I tell people those customers are out there. When you go to the stores, when you go... You know, you're driving and you're always seeing them trucks loaded. They're coming from shippers. These shippers, they need freight brokers, I promise you. So I wasn't afraid to get on the phone and, and ask for the freight. And I, that's how I got my customers. Now, now I, I teach something a little different. We show okay. them how to actually make connections and, and how to get shippers, you know. Um, but back then, I got my customers from straight up cold calling. That was it. Turn my mic up. For you. Take there. Yeah, yeah, uh, on the road to the riches, life takes a toll like bridges, good friends become foes and snitches, better watch who knows in your business. I am here with Tristan and Samantha, <laughs> the dynamic duo, leading ladies of logistics, yeah. correct? 
Thank I got you. it. Yes. All right. And, 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 and individually, Lady Logistics and Logistics Chick. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So welcome to Truck and Hustle, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate your time so, so much. Um, and we're going to get into some freight brokerage today, man. Um, you know, like I told you before, Tristan, I've been wanting to cover freight brokerage for a long time, but I've been waiting for you guys, honestly, like, because everybody tells me that you guys are the best in the, in the game. So I said, before I try to get anybody else is going to give me some half, you know, half cock story. Let me get the best. Right. So we could get, get the real deal. So I've been waiting for you patiently. Yes. I, I reached out, <laughs> I reached out to you like in the summertime. <laughs> And Tristan was like, yeah, yeah, we, we'll, we'll make it happen. We'll do it. And then like one month, two months, three months, four months. And I'm like, Tristan, what's going on? But we're here today. Yeah, um, and it's all good. So thank you so much for joining me, guys. Let, let's start off the show, um, as I like to do, just start um, getting to you guys' backstory a little bit. Um, I guess we could start with you, Tristan. Um, just give me a little bit about your backstory, where you're from, um, just briefly so the audience could, you know, kind of understand where you come from. Okay. Well, of course, my name is Tristan, known on social media as Lady Logistics. I started in transportation back in 2009, and I always say by default. It wasn't something that I was looking to do. Um, the story goes like this. My father-in-law, at the time, he wasn't my father-in-law, but I was dating his son, and we had already had a child together. He was driving for another company, and he had been driving at the time probably like 20 years. And he wasn't making any money. He would come home on the weekends and we would see him. And he's like asking my husband, you know, give me a couple dollars. So we're like, so why is it that you're not having any money and you're always gone? Like, he is a worker. He's always on the road. He does not like to be off the road. So okay. we couldn't figure it out. So we just started asking him. And he was just like, I, I won't tell that story as to why he really wasn't getting paid. But I started asking him questions. And I was like, so tell me how much does it cost to start a trucking company? Like, how much does the truck cost? So he can drive and he can work on trucks as well. So okay. his words to me was, well, I know where a freight line is for $5,000 that needs some work. Mm. And I said, oh, well, you know, I got $5,000. So how much work? Like, what is it going to cost? And um, he said, well, let me check it out. And I said, well, if, if I can afford it and I buy the truck, will you drive it? And that was the beginning. Mm, he, okay. he bought a used Freightliner for $5,000. He did some work to it. And a week later, um, we were ready to put it on the road. The truck was ready to go. So we went ahead and we got our own authority. Um, we got into the business. Mm. And <laughs> we made more mistakes than I can count. Okay. Okay. At, we were young. You know, my husband and I had already bought a house. Um, we had a new baby. We both had good jobs. I was working for the government. Um, he's a sheet metal mechanic by trade. Um, we were, we were, we were doing pretty good. You know, we weren't falling out of control. We weren't rich, but we could pay our bills. We would have cookouts every weekend. All of our friends would come over. We would eat, drink, hang out. So we lived a pretty decent life. Okay. But then all of this money started coming in. Mm. So we were like, oh, we good rich. We got money. <laughs> so, but there was a lot of things that we didn't prepare for. You okay. Know? Um, the maintenance, you know, the truck being broken down. Oh, that would hurt your feelings. That would just break your heart. You know, right. those are the things that we experienced, paying the IRS. Oof. And I used to work for the IRS. Right. My background was government. I started out in the military um, and then 
any job that I've ever worked has been for the government. I work for the IRS. When I saw how much money we owed the IRS, mm. I'm like, oh, yeah, we're in some trouble. Wow. So we ran a business. Um, we learned as we went along. We made a lot of mistakes. Um, we revoked our authority, and then we started running our truck on the port. In Charleston. We're located in Charleston area, South Carolina. So we started running um, our truck off the port and then we got another truck and did the same thing. And so that was a more passive way, but it helped us get things back on track. Okay. Um, And it it worked well for us. Um, The biggest thing about trucking and transportation for me, I saw what it did at that time. But in addition to that, I have a special needs son. So... I was at the point working on a government job and I'm like, I am tired of people looking at me funny when I say I have to leave to go take my kids to therapy. Mm. When I say I need to be off for, I, I think it was four months total when my son needed to have his surgery. Yeah. You, I, I'm tired. I was tired of that. Right, right, right. Transportation allowed us to have a $40,000 surgery for my son. Wow. So that's why I'm so passionate about this industry. Wow, it's not because, oh, we make all this money. You know, we do well, but we're not rich. There's lots of people making a lot more money than us, but it's what it's done for my family. Mm. So, you know, I got my father-in-law out of a situation that he was in. I was able to get my kid a surgery that was not approved by insurance. Mm. Wow. Because the surgery, that's so good. my son has cerebral palsy. He has cerebral palsy. And the, his, his legs would scissor, meaning they would cross. Okay. So the surgery was to release that. They had to go into his back and cut nerves that went to his spine to release what's called spasticity. So the point of that was not for him to walk or anything. It was to make him comfortable. All right, guys. Truck and Hustle has now partnered with Transpo CFO, powered by Venning. Transpo CFO offers a streamlined monthly subscription for businesses to consolidate their accounting, payroll, and tax needs into one flat monthly rate, saving businesses a tremendous amount of time and money while making their financial operations much smoother for the long road ahead. Check out Transpo CFO in the description below and tell them Truck and hustle sent you now let's get back to the show right so insurance says that's elective mm. so you won't pay for a surgery for my son to not be in pain i have to figure out how to do that on my own and that's what transportation is done for me so that's why i'm so passionate about helping people that want to get into this industry and helping them do it the right way the first time because we absolutely did not do it the right way the first time mm. understood understood so um you, you Okay, so you were working a government job, and you found this opportunity, this truck for five thousand dollars, which is like, where are you gonna find that? That's that's a blessing in itself, right? Right. Um, your father-in-law knew how to work on the trucks, mm-hmm. um, so you, you you guys grabbed the truck, he worked worked on it, got it up and running. Um, tell me about the the emotions that you went through, like leaving a steady job and transitioning into. I mean, because I know you 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 were basically saying like you knew you had to get out, but oh, yeah. still. That you, you were accustomed to doing a, a steady nine to five. So tell me a little bit about that transition for you. Okay. So to go a little bit deeper and to put some things out there that people don't know about me, I'm a service disabled veteran. Okay. So as a result, you know, when I left the military, I went to work for the government. Mm, so okay. I, I dealt with the medical issue for a while. I'm fine now. I'm healthy. But I, met with, I, I dealt with the medical issue. And as a result of that, not only am I a service disabled um, veteran, I was able to retire from my government job. Okay. 
So, of course, that didn't put me at the income necessarily that I wanted to be at. I could pay all of my bills with that income, but I'm a hustler. Like, I'm a go-getter. I, okay. I like to eat. Okay. You know, nice things are cool, nice cars, you know, you know, shop a little bit, but I like food. I, like, <laughs> I spend a lot of money on food. If I can't eat good, we got a problem. I like to go out to eat. So, okay, okay. So, of course, I knew I wanted more, and I wanted more for my son. You know, I started thinking, like, okay, that's cool. So now I have a, a guaranteed income that I'll get for the rest of my life. I can pay all of our bills if I need to. My husband never works again. We can't, we probably can't do all the extras, but we can take care of our family, you know? Okay. But I knew that. Okay, I have a disabled son. What about him? Like, what's going to happen? Right. He may not ever be able to work on somebody's job. Right. So I have to have things in place for him. So my husband actually quit his job first. He quit his job in 2015. He came to me and said, like, we already own our own businesses. Like, it's time for me to stop working for somebody else. Mm. And I was like, exactly. I mean, I own a tax business as well. I'm hands off with that business. I have people that run that business for me, but I own a tax business. And he was like, it's time. Like we can do better if we walk away from the jobs. So I was like, you first, because I have to have everything in place so that I can actually get my retirement. And we'll always have benefits. So that was very important to me as well. But um, he left his job in 2015. And for me, it was tough because I actually loved my job. I was in HR. I was HR management analyst for the Department of the Navy. And right here in Charleston, South Carolina, at the Naval Health Clinic in Charleston. Well, it's actually in Goose Street, but it's called Naval Health Clinic Charleston. And I ran HR for over 250 civilian personnel. I was the only person. So my job, I loved it. I was able to help a lot of people, a lot of um, elders with their retirement. It was a lot that I did. I put a lot of work into, you know, help building that program there. So um, that was tough for me, but it was not, it was more tough for somebody to say, Oh, you have to be off again. Oh, yeah. How many days did you say your son had therapy? He had it three days last week and three days a week before and three days a week before and three days, you know, every week before that. So right. why keep asking me? Like, you know, I'm going to be going to take him to therapy. Right. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm going to take my retirement and I'm walking away. Mm. That's what I did. So it was a little tough. But again, I'm like, this is for my kid. This is not even about me. This is about my kid. I probably would have stayed longer and did a regular retirement from that job, you know, had my son not have, you know, his condition. Right. Got you. Got you. Okay. Let, let, let's stop with you right there. So, Samantha, oh, and, and, and thank you for your service as well, um, Tristan. I wanted to just mention that also. Um, all right, Samantha, tell us a little bit about your backstory, um, how you got into the business. Yeah, so my story is a little different than Tristan's. Actually, it's a lot different than Tristan's, but um, my um, husband was actually a partner in a freight brokerage. Um, the guy that he worked with, um, I was kind of involved a little bit more like on the back end, but I realized I needed a woman's touch. Um, what happened that the guy that he worked with actually wanted to become more in like the um, rental properties. He didn't really want to do the trucking as much. So he had asked my husband if he wanted to take over the company. Um, my husband brought it to me. I'm like, yes, of course, because I knew, um, like I said, I can take it and I could really like dance it up, um, on, on the level that I knew that it should have been at. Um, they just kind of ran like a couple of trucks. Um, he was more like, he was a freight broker, but it was more of a freight broker for, um, companies just in Columbus. It wasn't really like in different states. Okay. Um, so the first truck ever on my Instagram was the first truck we ever bought. 
Um, it's a 2005 Western Star. It's my baby. I won't sell it to anyone. Um, a lot of people ask us, but that's that's my baby. Um, right. My husband actually drove that the first year that we were in our trucking or it, for the trucking company. Okay. Um. So so we did our trucking company the first year, um, which like Tristan said, we had a lot of downs, not mm. really a lot of ups. It was right. a lot of breakdowns every time my husband took a load. He would always call me because he would always be on the side of the road, broke down. Okay. Um, there was a lot of loss that, or a lot of losses that we took that year that we didn't even claim on our taxes <laughs> because <laughs> I was like, they're not going to believe us. It was, right. it was rough. Right. So the first year really made us consider like, do we want to stay in this business? Like, this is crazy, but I'm very optimistic. I was like, no, I just, I see the good of it. I see the good. I see the good. So my husband said, well, as soon as we close on our house, we are going to buy a brand new truck. I'm okay. like, okay, you know, let's, let's see what happens. So we buy a 2016 Volvo. And I feel like that's what took us to the level of finally seeing the green, not being in the red. Um, we put the Western Star in the shop. We basically like redid everything. It's basically a brand new truck, just in an older body style. But the Volvo is really what took us to where we're at now. So currently we own five trucks. Mm, um, we have six refrigerated, uh, six refrigerated trailers. So all we do is produce frozen, um, uh, items like ice cream. We do a lot of like White Castle, garlic bread. I do clothes. I mean, we do everything. One thing I like about my refrigerator trailers because it acts as a, a dry van as well. So you just don't turn the refrigerator part on, you know, the temperature control. Okay. Um, so as Tristan said, I actually have five children. So, um, being a child, you know, with a single mother, you know, my mom, she did everything that she could for me. I felt like I always had the best for what, you know, she could afford. But my kids here, like, I was really able to give them a lifestyle. They, they're they very spoiled, but they're not privileged. Um, they, you know, they're, they, they know. We do community service. We go feed the homeless. Um, I still try to show them, you know, that core value. Like, it's just not, you know, about having money and just getting anything that you want. But, you know, there's people that's very less fortunate excuse me, fortunate than us. Um, they see me in the office 24-7. I'm always in the office. I do have a full-time job as well. I also work for the government. I'm an IT specialist, so I develop um, web applications for government users and military. Um, I tell people I love what I do. That's why I would never go anywhere because I work from home as well. So I mm. can have that, you know, flexibility. Dope. One thing I do like about the trucking, when I do work from home, I am able to multitask and run my trucking company and freight brokerage as well as work full time in the uh in the government. Gotcha, so please don't gotcha. say this to any other government employees. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Tell it on me. Nah, nah, nah. They <laughs> listen, the hustle fam, they we keep everything secret. We we hush hush right. around here. We, we we go okay, gotcha. right. What happens here stays right here. All right. So oh, um, all right. So so yeah. you were in, in Columbus, Ohio, and Tristan's in North Carolina. Right. South Carolina. South Carolina. South Carolina. All right. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure this all out. That's just what we do this for is we put it all together. All right. So Tristan's in South Carolina. You're in Columbus, Ohio. So how do you guys meet? Okay. <laughs> so about a year ago, over a year ago, almost two years yeah, ago, July. I met Samantha at a brunch. Okay. A women, a women in Transportation brunch. Okay. I was a part of putting that brunch on. And I knew that she was going to speak at the brunch because I was working with someone else and we invited a couple people um, to be at the brunch. And so I knew she was going to speak, but I really didn't know much about her. When she started talking, she told, I think she spoke before I did. She told her story first. 
And as she's thinking, I'm like, kids, government job, trucks, brokering. We had several things in common. Right. Right. Um, so we connected after the branch. And here in South Carolina, um, so my husband, the, the training and consultation part of my business, that was not something that I intended to ever do. My husband actually started that business for me. Okay. So he would be out on a tow truck, right? We have tow truck. We uh, we have a towing and transport company. So okay. he would be out on the tow truck um, and he would see someone and he would be like, hey, can you tell me how to get started in that business? So he would say, hey, here, call this lady. This, okay. this is her number. Okay. If he knew them and we knew them, he would say, oh, call my wife, she'll help me. But he, to random people, he would be like, call this lady, she'll help me. Gotcha. So all these guys would keep calling me like, hey, I met this guy at a gas station or I was getting fuel and he said you can help me with my business. So I told him, I'm like, stop sending these people to me because I don't even know what to charge them. I'm doing this stuff for free. I'm setting up their business. So then when he started with the hot shots, more and more people would come to him or call him and say, hey, I want to do that. I want to get a hot shot. How can I get set up? Who do I need to talk to? What do I need to do? So he kept sending these people to me. And so these guys would come to my office. I would sit with them. I would get their whole business set up. I would show them how to use the load board. And so I was doing like one-on-one training. Okay. And Samantha had started doing her training in Ohio, her, her two-day freight broker class. Okay. So we decided like, you know, after we continued to talk, we had so much in common. She had the time, you know, we both had, had several years industry experience and we talked about some of the ups and the downs and the things that we've done and we realized like why don't we do this together there's a lot of people that want to do this and for us it was about helping them do it the right way you know so many people contact us and they're like hey i got my brokerage set up but i have no idea what i'm supposed to do next i took this class or i went online and i just can't figure it out so we were like okay we need to help these people but of course we got to charge because we're traveling. So then sure. it just became a thing. We just put this class together and we started training. Okay, okay. So that, that's so, really how we met was because of this branch. Right, right, right. That's dope. So you guys were networking. You met Thanks. each other. Go, go ahead, um, Samantha. I just want to add to that really quick. And another thing, um, like Tristan said, so with my trucking company, I would literally work nine to five on my full-time job and I would come home and do my trucking. Nobody even knew I owned a trucking company. Like, I literally was, like, behind the scenes. Like, you know how, like, when you do, like, a like an icebreaker, they'd be like, tell us something interesting. I'd be like, I have five kids. I own a trucking company. They'd be like, that's two truths and a lie. And I'm like, no, I really do own a trucking company because, you know. And so I would always tell people, like, I never told anybody that I own one because I didn't really think there was other women out there like me that did this. All gotcha. the women that I talked to was in accounting or, like, a receptionist. So when I, when I met Tristan and I was like, wow, like she really is like doing her thing with the freight brokerage. And then everybody knows, like, I'm so passionate, passionate about trucking. Like I tell people, like, if my job ever cut my salary in half, I would, I would be like, okay, that's fine. But if they ever said I couldn't work from home, I would quit because that's the only way that I can like manage to do both. You know, and I tell people it is hard. A lot of my Saturdays and Sundays are in this office here. This is my home. (laughs) <laughs> um, because I'm always running my trucking. So when I found out, like I said, that Tristan was like, you know, another boss and another freight brokerage, it just made me connect with her even more. And then after the brunch, I had so many women that were like, oh, you know, I, I want to be just like you. And I'm like, yeah, but I wrote my own chapter. Like, you're going to have to write your own, but I, I would love to help you. 
So I think that's what me and Tristan really connected to was the passion of helping other people that is in our shoes, that are mothers, that are wives, you know, like I said, to become their own boss. Because I tell people, I get to see my kids go on the bus every single morning. I used to put myself on the bus when I was younger. I used to walk myself to school when I was younger. My kids don't, I I drive them down to the bus stop, which is literally a hundred feet because I'm like, I want to drive down, you know, I didn't have that when I was younger. So I saw I'm very blessed in that aspect because this job allows me to do that. That's dope. That's dope. All right. Um, so Tristan, you said um, you wanted to teach people how to do freight brokerage the right way. I didn't want to teach people at all. So, well, okay, you, know, I was running, you know, I was yeah. running, I was running from you for a while. Right. I yeah, don't, yeah. I, ironically, I don't like to speak okay. in front of people. OK. I don't like I don't like to speak to a crowd that I absolutely didn't want to do. It. Okay. So that was why I focused on one on one training. You okay. know, me and that one person are comfortable in my zone. You know, I can get out of my shell. I can tell you everything I need to tell you. But I didn't want to be in front of a, a room full of people. Okay. But I, I'm going to be honest. Samantha pulled that part out of me. You mm. know, I was just like, that ain't really my thing. But, you know, you're right. We started talking and we just realized we could connect. We could do so much more with the two of us versus just doing it individually. And so, gotcha. um, again, yes, I wanted people to understand how to get things set up the right way. You know, later on in my business, I realized like, oh, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. You know, when we first started back in 09. So it was about making sure everything was set up properly and then teaching people to like, again, do things the right way. How do you actually get those customers? How do you move those loads? How do you connect with drivers? It was, it was just so much to it. Got you, got you, got you. So um, for people who are interested in freight brokerage, because there are a lot of people who, um, you know, especially reach out to me and they have questions. Um, Let's 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 start basics. What 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 is freight brokerage? Okay, so a freight brokerage is a company that actually we act as the middleman between the shipper and the carrier. We actually work directly with the shippers, and we go out and we find carriers to move their freight. So we arrange the transportation of the freight. We're the, we, they call us the middleman. Of course, okay. a lot of people don't like us. A lot of people <laughs> <are> brokers. <laughs> they think we get all the money. <laughs> so so see this. The, the benefit with me and Samantha, and I need to talk about training, but we have been on both sides. Okay. We understand what it costs to run a truck. Okay. And we understand what it's like when a truck breaks down. So, again, that's what we offer. We can show them both sides. We can show them how to be that fair broker and why they should, you know, how, how you keep carriers and how you build those relationships. And it's because we've been on both ends. Mm, mm, dope. All right. So, um. What what is the difference between dispatching and freight brokerage and, a, okay. and having a freight brokerage? Explain okay. that because a lot of people are into the dispatching also. Right. So as a dispatcher, you're acting on behalf of that carrier. You can start your own dispatching firm where you actually dispatch for several different carriers, or you may work for a company where you represent that one carrier. It could be a large fleet, small fleet, doesn't matter. But your job is to make sure that truck stays running. So on the dispatching side, you will encounter shippers because you can get on the phone and call shippers directly and say, hey, I'm, I'm dispatching for five trucks, ten trucks. I have a fleet, and I know you have loads that we can cover, you know. Right. So you, you're still interacting with shippers, but you're probably interacting more with brokers. And, of course, as a dispatcher, you still want to build those same relationships because you okay. want to make sure you keep those trucks moving. They're, they're dependent on you to keep the trucks moving. Okay. So a dispatcher does not have to have an authority. Each okay. carrier that they're representing has to have an authority. The dispatcher does not. A freight broker has to have an authority. You okay. have to be licensed and bonded. 
Okay, and tell us a little bit about that, about 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 the bonding process. Can you get into that a little bit? Yep, we can. Um, so you have to have a surety bond in the amount of seventy-five thousand dollars. That bond is based on your personal credit score. So even if you have a business that's fine, but it's still based on your personal credit score. Um, of course, just like you're going to be a carrier, you would have to apply for an operating authority, but it's specifically for a broker. So you would do that. You get your surety bond. Um, we also have to file what's called a BOC three, just like carriers. Um, and we file a UCR as well. So. What I like about the freight brokerage side is that I'm literally working behind the desk. Okay. With my trucking side, these guys, including my husband, they're out on the road. Right. It's much safer with me sitting behind this desk. So my ultimate goal is to take my trucks off the road and just focus solely on continuing to build my freight brokerage. Okay. So when people get into the freight brokerage business, what are some of the difficulties that they experience starting out? What okay, what happened? Okay, some of the difficulties is finding a customer. That's what we get all the time is how to find a customer, what to say. Um, I always tell people, I mean, of course you want to shoot for the stars, but I think a lot of people feel like when they're told no those first couple of times, they get discouraged and you cannot be discouraged. I tell people I take no and I try to flip it back on the customer. Um, I had this one guy who was like, you're the fifth, cu- you're the fifth person that called me today. And I'm like, and I don't, you know, I don't win a prize. That doesn't mean that I get <laughs> you know, your exclusive freight broker. Right. Like, I don't take their nose and I don't, you know, walk away pouting. I just like, okay, well, I'll just call back next week and ask them again. Um, I do feel like that is the biggest hang up and the biggest, like I said, discouragement with the new freight brokers is not finding a customer. But you just have to remain consistent and, and remain positive because I tell people those customers are out there. When you go to the stores, when you go, you know, you're driving and you're always seeing them trucks loaded. They're coming from shippers. These shippers, they need freight brokers. I promise you. You just have to know what customers to call. And I'll tell people, look at the different type of holidays. I mean, it's Christmas time, Christmas trees, fruit baskets. It's just not, I think some people just get, um, they're so locked in on just one shipper or they just want that one shipper say like in their area because it's down the street. That might not be your first shipper. You may have to go to another state and find a shipper that moves like these little coupon books. You know, mm. this one might be something that was your priority, but this may be a shipper to get you started. Got you. So, so do you advise, go ahead, go ahead, Tristan. I see you jumping in there. Yeah. To add to that, um, people are afraid to cold call. When I started out on the brokering side, I started as a freight agent under another company. I didn't start with my own brokerage. I was already brokering freight. I made my very first year, I made close to six figures brokering freight, documented. Mm. And so I said, I need to go to a freight broker class because if I'm doing this, and this, I was working, I'm working on a job. I would shut my office door and say, I'm in a meeting. I had certain customers. One of them was a 24 hour shipper. I did a lot of stuff by email. So I'm like, okay, if I'm doing this, working for somebody else and they're getting a big chunk of my money, I need to open a broker. So I need to find a class that's going to show me that part. I knew how to broker freight with my eyes closed. You know, that part is not hard. Moving the loads, finding carriers, getting it covered, that was not the hard part because I was already building relationships and using the same guys over and over. It was, okay, so I need a bond. I I need to get my authority. Let me figure out if running the actual business of a brokerage is different from the trucking side. Mm. And I'm like, okay, I already know what to do. You know, I do this every day, you know, but people can actually start out as a freight agent too. I, I do recommend that you have experience in transportation if you want to be a broker, 
but you don't absolutely have to. If you're a quick learner, you're not afraid to jump on the phones, and you're one of those type of people that will constantly do your own research so you can keep learning, then you can actually get out there and start your brokerage. But you cannot be afraid to get on the phone. When I got my first set of customers, it was strictly by cold calling. Mm. At the time, mind you, we were already running loads with our own truck. I had cabinets, file cabinets full of Raycons and BOL. I said, I'm going to call every single one of these customers and tell them, you know, hey, I've worked with you in the past with a different company. Right. I can move this freight. So I wasn't afraid to get on the phone and, and ask for the freight. And I, that's how I got my customers. Now, now I, I teach something a little different. We show okay. them how to actually make connections and, and how to get shippers, you know. Um, but back then, I got my customers from straight up cold calling. That was it. Mm. How do you, as a new freight broker, how do you uh, approach the financial aspect when you're trying to figure out um, your rates and those different types of things? Because you're new in the business. It's like, what do I charge? What percentage? What does the driver want to get paid? What's your approach to that? So industry standard for freight brokers is 15%. Well, for cool. me, it's 25%. Like, mm. I need to get paid. Okay. But, but yeah. any, any carrier that has worked with you, and some of them you can find right on social media because I've tagged them, they tag me. You can go behind my back. Okay. I'm very fair when it comes to rates. But okay. it's because I go hard to get a rate that's going to make sure that the carriers pay well and I'm paying well also. Otherwise, I'll get rid of that customer. If you don't want to pay no money, that means I can't pay these guys that's out there doing all the hard work. Mm. So I'm going back and forth with my customer, and I'm letting them know why they need me as well as they need to pay this money because they want qualified carriers, right? Well, when I come to them with that approach, I already have carriers that I've been working with that have fleets of trucks that use tracking. You know, I can go online and look and see where the truck is located. Those are the kind of carriers that I use all the time. So I'm telling you we're going to get your freight there on time. I'm telling right. you that we're dependable. I'm going to show you that we're using safe carriers to get your load to where it needs to be, right? right so that's right. why when I go to them and I'm like, this is what it's going to cost, and they tell me what another broker will charge, I tell them, go ahead and use that other broker and call <laughs> me back when your loads keep getting there late. It is what it is. Wow. Wow. And to so, add to that, like Tristan said, oh, go ahead. Well, oh, good, good. I'm sorry. So you kind of asked about the rates as well, like what we charge. So again, you know, when I'm thinking about my price, I am thinking about what's the, what is a carrier going to ask me for, for this lane? Right. You know, what is it that they need? I know what it costs to move a truck. So I know what they're going to ask me for, right? That came with industry experience. If I, if I didn't have the experience on the trucking side, I probably wouldn't be as good as I am. Mm. So that's why, you know, I do recommend people, um, if you have a friend, a family member that's in trucking, you're interested in brokering, connect with them, talk to them, ask them questions, follow them around, get in the truck and ride with them. I get in the truck and ride with my drivers. Like, I want to see where my truck's going. I want to see, you know, where the freight is, who can I talk to in this building. You know, right. I want to know everything. I wanna, right. I'm, I'm hands-on and I'm fully involved in my business. So, again, when it comes to those rates, it's going to be tough for a new broker trying to understand what they should charge a customer for that load and, and also making sure it's enough to pay the carrier and pay themselves. So we do tell people it may be best to start out dispatching. Got you. And what are some of those things that constitutes the different rates that you would charge? So you're talking about the economy. You know, you're talking about the weather. Of course, we always listen to the news and see what's going on with Trump, trade wars. It, it's a lot. A lot of right. people affect, you know, the time of year, you know. 
Um, right now, some of my loans are up in Pennsylvania, and they're like, oh, the drivers are calling me. The ones that I talk to every week, they're like, Tristan, you know, it's raining money out there. We got, you know, it's cold. There's a little ice on the ground. What you going to do? They want more money because they, they're getting it from other brokers. And I'm like, I know what time of year it is. I know I got y'all. You know? Right, 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 right. We plan for things like that as well. So you, you, you kind of project those kind of things. You know when that's coming. So you kind of you get your carriers in order, and you're like, you guys, you know what's about to happen. Let's get it. And, of course, I'm going to the customer, like, you know what time of year it is. Right. You know, we got to pay you guys if you want this freight to keep moving. Right. It's, it's like supply and demand, right, for the most part. So, so, Samantha, what were you going to say? You were, you were going to add something? Oh, no, I was just, yeah, so back to what Tristan said, like she said, we're, we're, I always tell people I'm a carrier first. So when I am shopping for rates and I'm quoting my shipper, I always put myself in that carrier's shoes. What would I ask for? And then, like she said, I tackle my 15, 25% profit. So I, like I said, so every time I pay a carrier, I'm always fair. And I, like I said, because I know their expenses, I know their breakdowns, I know their fuel and their oil changes. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, even having five trucks, I'll tell people I can't call and borrow, you know, $5,000 for fuel, you know, or for my payroll. So I'll always try to make sure, like I said, I'm very fair to carriers. Like Tristan said, I mean, I look at everything. I look at the market. Um, like I have a load that goes from PA to Denver. I think of that route, you know, if there's any tolls. Um, when they drive through Oregon, there's an Oregon permit for every mile that that truck driver um, drives through, you know, in that state, they have to pay a percentage. So I think of all of that, like I said, when I'm quoting my shipper as well. So like Tristan said, as a freight broker, that's all part of not only the experience, but just the researching. You constantly have to educate yourself as well for the carrier side. It's not just about giving them a rate and here you go. It's about the different things that go along in that rate when that um, carrier tries to get, you know, a certain amount for that right for that lane. Mm. What are some of the things that um, freight brokers do to to destroy or, or mess up the reputation for, for other freight brokers who are doing things the right way? Yeah. Tell me about it. Lie, lie about what? Detention. Um, detention is like saying that, you know, your appointment's at 8 a.m. and say I'm still there at 5 p.m. And I'm like, hey, you know, can you pay me, you know, for sitting here for hours? And, you know, first thing I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take care of you. I'm sorry that you have to sit there. I'm going to pay you. And then when it's time to get paid, oh, I'm not paying you that. And it's mm. like, yeah, but you, you made me lose a whole day of sitting here where I could have possibly tried to book another load. So you got to think this carrier, their, their clock is still, you know, moving for their, uh, for their electronic logging device, which means it's cutting into their drive time. A lot of freight brokers aren't working after 5 p.m. and posting loads. You know, we're, we're, I'm, I know I'm trying to get my loads covered by noon. So they may be sitting there and for a freight broker to say that first they was going to compensate you, then they're not. It's right. like, I just, I think that's wrong, you know? For sure. For sure. Another thing is paying on time, you know? Mm. Um, as a broker, and so again, that's what I was saying before. Like when I started as a freight agent, I could broker freight with my eyes closed, but I didn't have to do it in the back office stuff. The company that I work for, they handle all the billing. I didn't have to touch any of that. I just made sure the loan got delivered, I closed it out, and they, they made sure it was paid. So as brokers, we have to have good business credit. Because the first thing a carrier is doing, they're pulling your MC number, and they want to know that they're going to get paid. Nine times out of ten, they're going to run it through their factoring company who's going to either say yes or no. They're no mm. like, can't, we can't factor this low. So at that point, they want to know, okay, well, my factoring company said no because you're new or something like that or you don't have credit. How are you going to pay me? So now right. you got to pay them quick. So that cash flow is very, very important. Mm. Got you. So when you're starting out, I mean, you don't have any credit. So no. 
So what what happens is um, we actually tell people, go get that business set up, get that business established, and start building business credit first before you even go start the broker side, like before you get the actual authority. You know? Got you. Set up the EIN and the LLC and do your dons and all of that. Set up your business bank account, go get a secure business credit card, and start building the business credit so that you actually have a score and you can show that, that they'll show that days to pay, like on the low board, how many days it takes for your company to pay. That's one thing that you can do. Another thing is you can actually get a factoring company as well as a broker. Gotcha. Like you can work with a factoring company. Now, some of them won't actually set your company up until you have at least one shipper. Okay. Um, but again, if, if you don't have the money to get started, you know, you may want to definitely think about that. Because you have to pay those carriers, and, and it comes quickly. Got you. And explain what factoring is for people who don't understand that. Right. So the factoring companies, they buy the invoices. So, like, as a carrier, right, when I drop that load, I want my money now, like today or tomorrow, right? Because I have fuel. Of course, you know, insurance high. We got maintenance. You know, you got a payroll. You got to pay your drivers. So trucking companies use factoring a lot. Back in the day when we started in 09, we didn't. We hated factoring. We're like, <laughs> I don't need you to, to uh, pay me my money and take something off and I do whatever. Right. I'll just wait for my check. But right. nowadays, um, you know, we use factoring. And again, they're buying the invoices so that you get paid quickly. They're right. going to go and pay you and then they'll go back and bill that customer for their money back with for a small fee. Right. Got you. Got you. How has the ELD mandate impacted um, your business? Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just being honest. Yeah. So when we started, we ran those paper logs, and my father-in-law driving was like two and a half people driving. Oh, for sure. I got you. Um, that's why we was bumping out control back then. I'm right. serious. We was in our 20s, and we, was, we thought we was balling, right? Right, you know? right, right, right. Right. <laughs> so, so what do you do to adapt? I mean, do you think that the industry is going to kind of level out because everybody's going to be under this mandate? Like, what do you think is going to happen? What's, what's your prediction? How do you think it will impact the industry? You guys are both shaking your heads. What's going on here? <laughs> well, you know, for me, like I said earlier, I would like for my drivers at some point, well, I mean, I don't know if it'll ever happen. Like, I have one driver, he's, like, driving is his passion. He want to do this forever until he can't drive again. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, Henry, I'm going to teach you how to broker freight. We're going to take we gonna take this class. And, you know, because he's actually a broker. He's out there. Every time he goes to do a loan, he texts me. He's like, hey, I got the shipping manager number. I talked to her. She's real nice. I'm like, dude, you can be in here sitting in here with me. You don't have to be on the truck. No, right. I love driving. But I said that to say, like, my goal was I want to take the trucks off the road. I don't want to have to worry about that. Of course, as brokers, we have to think about hours of service as well. But I just don't want to have to think about that on the trucking side, you know? Mm, mm. But, I mean, now I can't get around it. <laughs> what do you think about that, Samantha? Um, I'm like chasing. I mean, I think we just had to adapt. You know, that's, that comes along with trucking. A lot of the old school drivers, I promise you, they hate it. Um, they complain a lot about it, you know, because you're basically being told when you have to sleep and when you have to drive. I technically don't agree with it. Um, I feel bad because sometimes my husband's like, you know, I told you he still drives to this day. But sometimes he's like, I got another hour, two hours left in me, but they're forcing him to pull over to sleep. And he's like, I'm not sleepy. And then when it tells him to wake up at three o'clock in the morning, he's like, but I'm, I'm, I need to stay asleep. You know, right. I'm, I'm not, I'm not ready to wake up yet. So, I mean, unfortunately, 
I guess, you know, it's politics. You can't control it. Um, people not being on the road is deciding how our drivers should drive. But, I mean, we're going to have to take it, you know, and, and make the best of it. How are your shippers adapting to it? Like when you tell them, you know, they, they want freight to get – they they want freight to get to a certain place at a certain time, <laughs> and you, you're, you're trying to explain understand. to them. Listen, man, we have these hours of service we have to abide by. How how are they? Let me go ahead. let me give my example. Go ahead, go ahead, because I got to give my example. Me and Samantha are really close because when I'm in here in the evening training, uh-huh. right, uh-huh. and I'm cursing, and my son is in the background, I'm like, oh, mom, you saying bad words? I'm gonna tell your husband, right? <laughs> Okay. Sam's on on a phone with me, and she's hearing me say, you know, all these MFers, you know, right, right, right. right. Customers, some of my customers, well, two of them, they will call me at 6 p.m. and say, hey, can you give me a truck real quick? And I'm like, so all those those moved today, and I asked you if you have anything else, and now you're coming with a woman to buy a truck right right now. Right. Tell me you want him to go. 700 miles, but you want him to deliver in the morning? Like, you gotta pay 14. It's not gonna get there in the morning. Like, right. you know, they don't. Sometimes they don't. Like, we, that's why brokers are needed. Like, some customers, you know, will probably go all electronic and use these apps and whatever else, but there are some customers for sure that absolutely need brokers. My customer told me, one of them, rather, he said, I already told my son when I die, you're the only broker. I want to meet you because <laughs> you definitely help keep our business running smoothly. Right. And right. when we talk about shippers, when we talk about finding shippers, I'm going to tell you how that affected my business. Okay. From, from my customer and, and having him, his son work with me, I'm going to tell you how that helped my life. But I'm going to let Sam tell her. Okay. Go ahead, Well, as Tristan said, we're very close. So Tristan's been on the phone with me when I got an email at 4.09 p.m., which, like I said, that's not that's over over my work day okay. past my work day excuse me and you know he's like same thing i need this picked up today in pa and i need to deliver you know in two and a half days in denver and i'm like that's not even legally possible right so i, I feel how tristan feels you know being a freight broker is about problem solving so i'm like okay well i'm gonna have to definitely get a team on this because i legally can't ask the driver to cover that so luckily luckily he did it twice um, and luckily, both times I was able to get a team. But yeah, I don't think shippers understand, you know, the the allowed driving hours with, you know, the break time. I think they're just so used to picking it up Monday, delivering it Thursday or picking it up Tuesday morning. I'm like, that that can't happen anymore. You know, and like I said, legally, I can't ask the carrier. So, you know, just like I said, luckily, I was able to problem solve those times and get teams on it but that was rough because some teams you know they they do want paid more and i only had a single driver rate right wow. <laughs> so wow i had to do a little bit of wiggle and i had to go back to my shipper and tell him hey, i was like hey you got me this you know this low late i need a little bit more money and luckily he gave me a little bit more to make up for that but i promise he probably learned his lesson though because he's probably <laughs> like i don't want to keep coming out of pocket you know but that's what happens i mean we all have to improvise and more money for him and I mean more money out of him more money to my carrier so but yeah they don't they don't get it that's for sure the transportation industry is definitely a thankless industry I always say you are only as good as your last load right everybody forgets everything you've done for them the last thing you've done is is, is what sticks out go ahead go ahead Tristan you're going to add on you're going to tell us a story yeah so you know I was moving all sorts of freight right you know in trucking we're used to flatbed um, when I got my first ship on the brokerage side, it was a, a driving, you know, those were all driving loads. 
So I'm like, you know, I want to kind of focus on one thing. So one of my main customers, um, it was just like we would have all these issues. You know, he would promise his customer that it would be at this time, which was never legal, legally possible, sometimes even with a team. I'm like, no, we can't do that. That's not going to work. It's not going to get to Arizona by <laughs> tomorrow. That right. can't happen, you know? Right, right. It would be crazy things, right? So I said, why don't you copy me? on the email or whoever needs to um, know what's going on. So, Cause you, you're not even explaining things to them the right way. So he right. would start copying me on every email with all of his customers. So then one day one of his customers had a problem and he said, oh, I know who can help you. Tristan can help you. Mm. And there was like some aluminum wheels that they were loading and driving. And I'm like, you either need to put them in boxes or you need to get a dump trailer because this is not going to work. We're going to tear up somebody's van, stuffing these wheels in there. Right. You know, the, the carrier is complaining. So he was like, oh, I never thought about putting them in boxes. And I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe yeah. straight wrap them, put them in boxes. You know, yeah. Put them on a job van, we can make it happen. So then I started working with that customer. Hmm. So at, after that happened, I started emailing his customers like, hey, is there anything that I can help you with on your end? So now I work within one niche, one area, and that came from that one customer and his customer. Right, right. You see what I'm right. saying? That's so people, dope. they're like calling all these different people trying to get all this freight. You know, it might be flowers, it might be, you know, clothes, it might be whatever. But it's like maybe think about one niche, focus on one thing. Mm. Who, who do you know that works in shipping at a plant or warehouse? Right. Can you connect with that person? And then maybe right. they can introduce you to some colleagues in that same industry. Right, right. Nah, no doubt. That's very smart. What type of uh, freight do you guys stay away from? Okay, so I stay away. We we had a reefer. We owned one reefer at one point. I don't do produce. Um, we don't, I don't really deal with refrigerated freight. Okay. That's Sam's thing. Like, that's her specialty. That's her niche. Okay. I do drive, drive van and flat van. Okay. Okay. Equipment, um, steel, aluminum. Most of my most of my freight goes on um, driving. So I do driving and flatbed. Got you. So you stay away from the perishable stuff. Say, so, so, mm-hmm. Samantha, you you you're into the reefers. You, uh, she said. Yes. So what, yes. what, what, what type temperature control? What type of freight do you like to stay away from? Um. Honestly, I. I, I take anything. I tell people, like, if it's there to be loaded, we take it. Um, we do a lot of seafood, like I said, frozen items. I've done clothes. I've done Michael Kors jackets. I've done Victoria's Secrets, the limited. I said, if it can go on our trailer, we take it. But I don't really have anything that we stay away from. I mean, even for my shippers, I do um, some flatbed and some setbacks. Luckily, like I said, Tristan's there to answer a lot of my questions. But my, my biggest shipper is uh, refrigerated. Gotcha. You ever had a reefer go down and lost a whole load? Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> yes. Um, I have bought um, Florida oranges. I have bought um, onions. I've bought root beer and tuna. So luckily, I didn't have to um, file a claim, but I was giving away tuna for Christmas presents and little gifts. <laughs> I did. I gave them away. That's smart. That's beer. smart. Uh, I'm I'm so burnt out on root beer. I don't even I haven't drunk root beer probably in two years. I I came up with so many different recipes for root beer. It was ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I, I have bought some uh some trailer some some truck loads before. Wow, and wow. partial. What 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 was your uh biggest uh freight brokerage nightmare, Tristan? 
What, what, what was that well, day that you could have? You, you I know. Just, I, I know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. I worked. I was moving some um, loads of mulch, right? Mulch. And I would do like big mulch. Like okay. 15, 15 of these a day. Okay. So I got to the point where I was actually working with this large carrier. And we was, it was great. It was smooth. I, all I had to go with, go is uh, change my rate cards, you know, generate a new rate confirmation, same information, send it to them. It was, my part was easy. Okay. Because I was already working with the shipper. And she kept giving me, you know, increasing the amount of loads I would have each day. And so this one carrier was handling everything. Okay. Everything was good. Me and her had a great relationship. We would talk all the time. So this one day, it was too much for him to handle. We went from doing like 12 to 15 to 20 a day. And it was too much for him to handle. So he kept telling me, and this was in Atlanta, he kept saying, oh, the truck is there. The truck is there. He's in line. Um, waiting to get unloaded. He's waiting to get unloaded. So I'm like, okay, he's been there for a while. This is crazy. So <laughs> I said, some things that he said just wasn't adding up, right? And I'm okay. like, that load was only going 40 miles. Now, I, I know Atlanta traffic is crazy, but this time of day, it shouldn't have been that bad. I used to live in Atlanta, so I understand how it works. Right. I'm, I'm confused because everything else is been running smoothly. You know, sometimes they get held up in a little traffic, but this is not making sense, right? So I didn't believe him. So okay. I said, okay. I sent my customer out there, and she was like, "There's no truck." So I'm like, "Really?" She was like, "No. What is he talking about? There's three trucks in line." He says, "Like 15 trucks." There's no, no. There's not 15 trucks. There's three trucks. His mm. truck is in here. Mm. I'm like, okay, he's lying. Well, he had covered the other road, so I'm like, it's cool, right? So the next, we we still doing it, you know. I told him we'll recover it. I'll get somebody else to move it. She said, no worries. We kept it moving, right? So the next day, though, one of his trucks picked up my load. Mm. Never showed up to deliver. They forged, said, who was it? That one was like Home Depot or Lowe's. Remember, I, showed, I think I showed her in class. It was one yeah, of those companies, them. right? Home Depot. They forged the signature. So Home Depot was signed and they stamped, right? There was no stamp and forged the signature. To this day, we haven't found a load. Right. What did he do with the mulch? I don't Ghost. know. Yeah, I don't know what you did with, with all that mulch. But that's we, crazy. I mean, of course, we found a claim. But honestly, I think that's probably the worst one. I know some people have like way worse horror stories, yeah. but I think yeah. that's probably the worst one. Is like you stole my load. You know, Where, what did you do with the mulch? It wasn't like it was something special. It was just something to go on the ground. So I was confused about that one. But yeah, I started. I was about to start his own landscaping business. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And you, I, I just think it's because we are used to dealing with problems. Like like we both said, we both get those customers that will call us. Like one of my customers, he don't care what time of day it is. He will text me four o'clock in the morning, twelve o'clock at night. It doesn't matter. So we're right. used to dealing with um problems in this industry anyway. So I, I hopefully that's the worst I'll ever have. Sure <laughs> Would you say that's the most important skill you need to have as a freight broker is problem solving? Definitely. I mean, I can't get on the phone and call my customer and ask him how to fix this issue. He's expecting right. me to do that because that's what he's paying me for. Right. Right. Most definitely. Do you guys have fun doing your job? I love it. I love it. I love it. It, it, it gets crazy and it's fast paced. And, you know, for a long time, see, I was a one man show. Yeah. But I finally got a couple agents. You know, I just, you know, I have an issue with sometimes like, delegating yeah i don't want to just be in control of all of it right um but 
I, I enjoy it. Now, because, you know, I can see it. Like, even as you guys tell the horror stories, there's still a smile on your face. There's still a love for it. Yeah. So it's like I can tell you guys love it, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I could definitely see that. Um, let's talk about what you guys are doing now, um, coming together, leading ladies of logistics. Um, first, let's start out talking about your, your partnership, um, because I, I think that's something that we don't touch on a lot on the show is partnerships. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the things you guys talk, talk about prior to starting your business together um, to, to pretty much set you up to have a, a successful relationship as partners? Well, I mean, both of us have a strong work work ethic. So that alone helps because it's like, okay, let's have our meeting. What do we need to do? Here's a checklist. We do this. I do that. We take care of what needs to be done. We don't have money issues. We don't, you know, when it comes to, okay, this is what it's going to cost. Here's your half. Here's my half. Or if we're, you know, doing a project, doing a class, here's your split. Here's my split. We, we have trust. That's first and foremost. Like we right. trust each other. We work well together. Um, we have a lot of similar goals as far as our business is concerned. So um, before I kind of mentioned to you that I'm finally getting into the government contracting and, and bidding on awards and dope, Sam and I dope. are actually working on that together. Dope, so it's, dope. you know, the training is cool. That was something more so because women kept, when I put out my brand lady logistics, women started coming out the woodworks. Like yeah, yeah. I want to get in this industry. Oh, my husband owns a truck. Oh, I used to work for a dispatching company. So it was more so, wanting to help and mentor women, not okay. more so train. But then we realized like people keep coming to us asking us for training. We need to really put it together and make it happen. So mm. um our partnership is very strong. You know, Dope. um this training for us is definitely not our ultimate goal. We have some much bigger things that we're planning. Dope, dope, dope. For people who are interested in your training, give us an idea how you guys do it, because I know you guys go to different um states. Um, give us an idea what, what, what they can expect when they come to one of your seminars or your workshops. We give them the real. Like we log into our um, TMS system. We log into our load boards. We show them what we've done documented. We show them how to actually move a load. They get hands-on training. So it's not just, you know, oh, here you go here and apply for your authority here. You call this company and get your bond. We actually get into it. Like what it looks like when you're on the phone speaking to a shipper. What it looks like when a carrier is calling you on the load. How do you talk to them? What do you need to check for? How do you qualify that carrier? Uh, we we get deep. We get mm. deep. We show them we show them how to find shippers. You know, we give them lots of different resources for that. Um, what to say to people, how to connect, and then we again we um we, we go hands on. You know, we we actually make them work in class. They they work. What's something one of your students told you? Um, what wh- Give me, give me an idea of something a student came back to you and said that just made you feel great. Like, I, I, just, just give me an idea. We just got some cards in the mail from one of our students. Yep. Oh, uh, dope. Dope. I see. Just I see. Like, you know, class was everything. She's already referred someone else to come to our class. And so, you know, for someone to sit through our class and we pour out, you know, we tell our story, we show them both sides of it. You know, we don't teach trucking, but we do incorporate the things that we've experienced in trucking so they can understand why they need to do certain things as a broker. Gotcha. Um, but we've, we've gotten feedback from so many people. They text us. They, we stay in contact with them. We usually okay. follow them on social media. They connect with us. 
um, they refer people. We co we're constantly getting tagged. They're like, oh, this is the class I went to. You need to go here. So that's a good feeling because, again, there's lots of classes. Um, there's some other good people out there that's doing some, some great things and training. But there's also some that's not really teaching what needs to be taught. You know, right, we're right. not going to charge you all this. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of students. And you walk away and you don't know what Right, yeah, I say, because we, we have gotten students that, you know, came from other classes and they said just like the different things that we do, you know, they weren't taught that the first time. Like Tristan said, we're very hands-on. We do the role-playing. Um, we actually have examples of what, you know, right confirmation looks like, what Bill of mm. Ladies looks like. I mean, it's one thing to tell somebody, oh, yeah, you're going to be finding a right confirmation. But I think, you know, I told you, people are visual people. I see that. Right. Um, even with my full-time job, um, we have this thing called Agile where we show people different parts of the project, you know, so you have this thing called the waterfall. You basically develop the project and then I show it to you at the end. You may okay. not like anything that I'm doing. With how me and her kind of incorporated the agile, we kind of show them along the process, the actual form, so they can kind of get a hands-on and not just giving them the USBS in the class, like, okay, look at it and let us know what you think. No, we show them what's in the USB and we show them the documents throughout the class. So that way there's not as many questions at the end where they're probably stuff the USB and they're like, wait, what did she say that form was? Or, you know, what is this form again? No, we're showing you up front. We're showing you filled out. We're showing you, you know, what it all should entail, all the important things. So, I mean, honestly, like, I work, I, I'm not going to lie. My daughter, she's 15. She came into my office one day crying. And I'm like, why are you crying? She's like, mommy, she said, all you do is sit in the office because wow. I was working so hard on the training material. And I try to let her know, like, the day, like, you know, I'm building an empire for us and I'm trying to show these people, like, I don't want to just half butt it. I don't want to cut. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's a family show. It's a family show. Training. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I don't want to half butt, you know, this training. I'm trying to make sure. And, and like Tristan said, our work ethic is like crazy. I mean, I stayed up, you know, midnights and I get up at five o'clock in the morning sometimes just to work on this, this stuff because I'm like, I'm so passionate about it. And you know, our brand is everything. I don't want anybody to walk away and be like, oh, I didn't really learn anything. No, I promise you're not even going to learn everything it takes to be a freight broker, but you're going to learn so much more. I mean, our class is just, it's amazing. I'm, no I'm so proud of us. Like, <laughs> we put a lot of work and effort, and we're always revamping um, our PowerPoint if we are in class, and somebody kind of like, you know, asks a question or they say something. I'm always, like, I have a little notebook right here. I'm always writing, like, little stuff down, like, oh, I need to add that to the PowerPoint, or maybe we can, you know, make that into an example next time so that way mm. you know the next person in the next class you know they may not have that same question so now that's dope that's dope i mean it, it's 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 really good and, and i mean it's rare to see you know women coming together to do what you guys are doing so and and, and that's and, what it's about like that, this industry is so big yeah there's no need for competition there's you know no need like there's enough money for everybody to make like we um You've probably heard of Alex Good Energy. Like when we have classes in Atlanta, he always shows up for our Hold class. on, hold on. Let me show y'all real quick. It's my man. There yeah, you go. exactly. <laughs> That's my brother. Yeah, he, he has an awesome platform. And, you know, he always comes to our class and he shows love. And, you know, he sends people our way. We send people his way. You got hood estates. It's like so many good people out there in the industry that's doing their thing. Like, we congratulate everybody. We connect with any everybody. It doesn't matter if you do the same thing as us or you're doing something different. Like, there's enough for all of us. And we're, we're sure. different, you know? For so sure. it, it's just too much money to be made. Like, we try to share the wealth. For sure. Collaboration over uh, competition. Competition. A any, any and every day. 
I, I agree with that 100%. Yep. All right. Um, so you said you guys are working on some other things. You know, the, 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 the training and everything is great, but we have some other things that we're working on. So tell us a little bit about that. What, what's, what's, what's next? For, no, for you guys, can't really tell you Just give me a little bit of but, a spoiler, well, yeah. a little bit of a spoiler. <laughs> so, you know, we in the future, we're collaborating with some other transportation professionals. I'll say that. OK, on something pretty big. That's okay. all in the works. Still planning, still talking um, for ourselves and our personal business. We have stepped, in, stepped into the government contracting world. That's the difference here for us. Um, my towing company ended up getting a contract by default, like really. I got invited to a meeting and, and it was because I was a service disabled vet. Mm. I got an email and I was like, I'm going, I'm going to see what this is about. And we ended up getting a local contract. Um, so I, I realized <laughs> from dope. working, working for the government, um, and, and just knowing what's going on in the transportation industry, there's, there's so much money to be made. Government is the biggest customer. So it's like, why not get into that? So that's sure. what we're working on right now where, um, both of us are getting into that side of things. So, um, yeah, that's it for now. What, I mean, that we can what, share with you. Was <laughs> that you choose to share with me? Was that was that was that a difficult process? Um, uh, getting into the government contracting. Would it, yes, take, take I'm a being while? honest. It might have yeah. been easy for other people, but it was not easy for me. Um, again, my business is registered as a woman, certified as a woman-owned business, um, a, a service disabled veteran-owned business. You know, a lot of it was just making sure you go through all the steps, go through the process. Right. And it was just, even though I worked for the government and Sam works for the government, there were just things that we didn't know. Mm. Just mm. things that we didn't know. So um, I actually, I started with working with a counselor that I introduced to Sam later on, and we decided like this is the way we're gonna go. And, okay. and it, he he's great. Um, you know, if people want to find out about him and his service. I can put that out later. I don't have his information in front of me, but his name is Curtis. Okay. Um, he's great. He he really assists me and and got things going for us. So, um, it was tough. I'm I'm just being honest. It was tough for me. No, hundred percent. Because a lot of times we 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 have people make it look like it's easy, and some people say it's tough. So it's good to get your your true perspective. So for yeah. sure, Samantha, what's next for you? Oh, um, I want to take over the world. Nice, um, nice. Me too. <laughs> Honestly, um, I, like like I said before, I never even imagined to be where I'm at now. Um, just like all the love and support. I'm about to get all emotional, but um, you I can cry you on the I'm show. It's okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but back in 2018, like I told you before, I literally did my trucking, you know, after hours and on the weekends didn't really tell anyone so just to kind of be on the platform that I'm on like I'm just definitely going to continue to take advantage and you know represent you know us women black women mothers wives and just you know continue like I said just to kind of be that positive role model I guess I get so many dms um so I'm not responding back to everybody it's it's overwhelming kind of where everybody's just like, you know, you're my, you know, I just, I just want to be like you and you're so motivating so no. as long as I can just you know keep that that that's all I need. I mean, that's like I said. As far as like the training, definitely uh, we're hitting with eleven classes next year. Um, we only do once a month because, like I tell people, I mean, you know, family's everything to me, so I can only give them one week in a month. Mm. Um, continue to do our mentoring um, to both men and women. But like I said, as long as I can do so, that, yes, as I gotta say course. that not to cut her off. But <laughs> yes. people think it's people okay, think that we that. only work with women. Okay, I, I'm yeah. serious. Somebody messaged me this morning and was like, 
hey, you know, I really want to learn brokering. I really would have liked to go to the class with you and your partner, but I see you guys only teach women. I'm like, no, we don't. Mm, right. I know we're called the leading ladies of logistics. Right. We are ladies in logistics and we're leading ladies. the pack. And and, sure. and and I don't and don't get me wrong, when I say that, trust me, there's some other black owned woman owned brokerages that's making multi millions of dollars. You know, right. Right. what I'm saying is for us, people come to us and they see someone and they're like, Oh, I found someone that looks like me that's mm-hmm. doing well and I can learn from them. Facts. So we just we just wanted to start something to help other women, the ones that's behind the scenes, come on, come out. You know, right. let's help you get your business going. But we help men and women. It's not just women. We have men that come to our class. Dope, dope, dope. Yes, we do. What we what, do. what what city is next for you guys? Atlanta. Atlanta's January, next. January eleventh and twelfth we'll be in Atlanta. Are you guys coming to the Philadelphia, New Jersey area anytime uh on we your calendar? Are coming where where are we going? D M V area. Okay. Uh, DC. Right. D C Maryland, Virginia. September? September. Uh, in September. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Dope. In Ohio might, in we, April. We might, we might, I, have, I might, to I might have to pull up. In. I might have to. Oh, you need to definitely come to come Philly. Up. You need to at least come to Philadelphia because, I mean, it's strong transportation out of Philadelphia, man. So I have several customers in Philadelphia. Well, in yeah. Pennsylvania. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Western PA, all that. So yeah. that would definitely be a spot for you guys to uh, to pop up I'll just at. Put it on the list. There you, there you go. There you go. All right. So, so listen. We're going to start wrapping the show because I don't want to keep you guys all night. I want you to get back to your families. But, um, you know, before you go, I want you, you know, to give the give the audience your final jewel. I always ask, you know, my guests to give some encouraging words or, you know, just just a little something for them to take away. Um, and then after that, let everybody know, you know, your social media, where they can find you. Um, and just, you know, let's 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 wrap it up. I'm going to say when it comes to this business, don't chase the money. Do the right thing. Be fair. And the money is going to come. Um, I'm always all about treating people the way I want to be treated. Always. So I'm always practicing that. Even when I'm talking to my customers and when I'm talking to the carriers. I say this all the time. I say it in class. I tell them. I tell the students. I say the carriers are out there working hard. They're away from their families. They're by themselves. They're gone for weeks at a time. When you talk to them on the phone, they may have an attitude, but consider what they're going through. Think about that. Right. Be nice to them. Be kind. You'll build those relationships. Relationships are everything in this business. So that's, that's my dream. Build those relationships. It's everything. My carriers call me. They text me. Some of them already text me tonight. What's for Monday? You know, they want to know what's coming up. And it's because I treat them well, I pay them fairly, and our relationship is important to me. This is not just about the money. I'm building something for my kid so that he never has to worry about getting a job because of his disability. He'll have a business that he owns. No doubt, no doubt. And where and where can people connect with you, Tristan? So on Instagram, I am at Lady Logistics. Same thing on Facebook, Lady Logistics as well. I'm also on um, LinkedIn. So my name is Tristan Simmons on LinkedIn. Okay, dope. Samantha, wrap us up. So just to, yeah, so just kind of piggyback off of her. Like she said, I always tell people, you know, you have to crawl before you walk. Um, don't look at someone else's story and make it your own. Um, you know, some people, they think because, you know, you have five shippers, they need five. And I always tell people, you know, start small. 
Um, make sure, you know, you might get that one shipper and they may give you all the loads that you ever need. It's not really on how many shippers you have. It's like she said, it's our relationship and you could like, you could be an exclusive freight broker just to one and not even need any other shippers. Um, as Tristan said, like I said, my husband, I mean, he drives. So sometimes he's gone two to three weeks. And I tell people I'm a single mother sometimes to five children. Pray for me um, <laughs> because it's a lot, you know. So and, I, and I'll tell him, like Tristan said, like, you know, it's a sacrifice that, yeah, he's willing to make. But he's doing it for, you know, our economy. He's doing it, you know, so they can have, you know, food on their shelves. So um, I tell people all the time, like, I mean, trucking is my life. It's my passion. Um, I was at a Christmas party, what, like two years ago, you know, I was sipping on a little bit of wine and this guy <laughs> comes to me, he's a compliance manager for Kroger's. And I mean, this was literally my drink. I set it down and just the whole party, like nobody else existed except for me right, and him. Right, right. Um, so if I can connect with you or anything, I mean, I'm all about, like I said, you know, always networking. So like I said, just because someone else may have five shippers, they may not be your, like I said, they may not be the same situation that you need. Um, crawl before you walk, take your time. Um, and just always stay, you know, just motivated. Um, so that's, that's my rules. Um, and I'm logistics chick. Um, logistics underscore chick is my Instagram. Logistics chick on Facebook and Samantha Norman Smith on LinkedIn. Dope, dope, dope. Well, listen, you, you guys are definitely well respected amongst your peers. Um, you know, listen, cause I reach out and I talk to a lot of people. And when it comes to the freight brokerage thing, all roads lead back to you guys. Everybody says, oh, that's my girls. We, you know what I mean? Hey, you guys know everybody. You guys are doing your thing. So, you know, keep on, um, you know, reaching out in, into the community, teaching, doing what you're doing, because we appreciate it. We need it. And um, it's, it's, it's really dope, man, to sit here and have this conversation with you guys today. So thank you so much for joining us on Truck and Hustle. Um, you know, we Thanks appreciate for it. Us. For sure, Thanks for sure. And, um, you know, that's it. I guess we out. If you like what you heard, it's only going to get better. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a comment. Let us know what you want to learn or hear more about. Till next time, love is love, truck and hustle.